Art Scene Now, and we'll begin with an invitation from George Graham. After a nearly three-year absence, the Homegrown Music Live Concerts return to WVIA on January 25th with a performance by the band Water Street. And singer-songwriter synthesist Brenda Fernandez. Hear the two-hour concert live on WVIA Radio at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, January 25th, or be part of our studio audience. Free reservations at wvia.org slash events. And George is so excited. We all are excited. It's been three years because of the COVID pandemic, and now the building is open and concerts can be held here at the Sordoni Theater. And we really hope that you'll have a chance to think about it. And if you have the time and the weather's good, please make a reservation. The concert is free and you can come and pick a seat, be comfortable and enjoy Water Street and Brenda Fernandez. We had a chance to talk with Brenda Fernandez at the time of the release of this album, Float Along. This is the title track. And we share a bit of that conversation now in anticipation of her performance here on Wednesday, January 25th in a homegrown live in-studio concert, and you are invited to attend. When I was about 12, my father bought this crappy old piano, and it was, out, it was outside. It was on the side of the house. We couldn't fit it in the house. So I would rush home from school, take my book bag off, and just play. I would just play it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I loved and I, there was only one octave on the piano that worked. But I, I just loved the sound. I loved the feeling, the vibration. But then, then I was like really into art, you know, the visual arts and painting and drawing and all of that. And then it wasn't until I was 21 that I started to put poetry to piano. And I just started teaching myself the piano just by ear, just by listening. It, it was like a blank canvas musically. And um, I played my first song for my mom, and she cried. And I thought, geez, my artwork doesn't have an emotional response like this. This is so, such a heart connection. And it was a way for me to express myself in a way that seemed more human or more, more deep. So that's kind of where it all began. What about the words? Did you read a lot as a little one? No, I didn't read much either. But poetry somehow just... When I was 19, I started writing poetry, and I just loved words. Because I also listened to a lot of music at that time where singers and songwriters were writing these really powerful songs, and I thought, geez, I wish I could do something like that. And then, then years later, after I started learning the piano or listening to the piano, then I, I thought I really have to learn music theory. And it wasn't until I was about 24, I think, that I studied with Marco Marcinko. And he taught me a great deal in a year about jazz theory. And it was a, it was a great thing that I did for myself, learning music theory. Because then I got to communicate with other musicians. Do you remember that first song? Do you have it still? Do yes. you ever? Do you still sing it? I don't still sing it because it feels like centuries ago. But yeah, it was my first heartbreak song, of course. Everyone's got 
one. But of course, the words were so vague and mysterious, and no one really knew what the heck I was saying, because I was like, you know, younger, and I wanted to sound very intelligent. But when you're young, you, you're kind of all over the place. <laughs> when you then had the year with Marco and that coming together with music theory, what did that open up? What did that allow you to do then in terms of your own songwriting? Oh, just expand and not stay with like same the same format and to take ri- more risks, definitely. I still felt I felt a little bit of um, self-doubt or low self-esteem because I didn't learn young, young, like very young. And I thought, geez, if only I had piano lessons, I could have been Chopin or I could have been Herbie Hancock or something. But I'm me, and it definitely expanded my horizons. And I started listening to a lot more different kinds of music that I could understand better uh, on many levels. In my past, I wrote music that was all about my own personal process, my own psychological woes and and struggles and my me, my, me, 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 me. It was so it was so all about me and how I saw the world. And then I I spoke to this woman who this famous singer and I said, How do you do what you do? She had this 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 light in her that it was so attractive and her songs and her performances and she said, Well, I use my music as meditation. And that's what led me to not being so self-absorbed and then going into another dimension of we-ness and our, our path together as, as, a, as a family of brothers and sisters and not so separate of me and this is my thing and, and if you don't like it, then whatever. But now that it's more encompassing, I feel like it's uh, more true. And you're seeing a deeper response on the part of yes, people? Yes, yes, definitely. And and sell, selling more music, which I never, you know, I would be like, you want my CD, you want my, you know, this was back in the day, like in my trunk, I would be, buy my CD, you know. And now people are like, I'd love to have your music. I'd love to listen to it in the car during rush hour and to chill out, you know. <laughs> so that's nice too. But I think as an artist, as you get older, you start to develop yourself more, you, you start to become more mature, and you start to see clearly what your niche is because you, know, you don't care what other people think anymore. And then once you don't care what other people, you just do it. And it's bold to do that, but something in you, your soul is like, you're doing this. Even if you are rejected by society, you, you're going to do it. Have you done then what the singer you spoke with suggested, and that is use your music as a meditation? Do you do yoga? Do I you u- have a practice? I used to have a practice, a very deep practice, and not so much anymore now. I kind of grew out of it. I'm more into hiking and biking, and now I just uh, maybe once a week I'll find myself stretching or doing a sun salutation or doing a little kundalini yoga to ra- raise up my Sugar dooga wooga or whatever you know what I mean, <laughs> but not, not it's not so much of a uh, a focus now in my life. Pick a song and talk to us a little bit about it. Okay, well, um, let's see. I love them all. Uh, I guess I'll pick, and it's called Om Tare. 
and there's a mantra in it, Om Tare Tutare Ture Soham. It's, uh, it's like a, a reflection of compassion, awakening our compassionate selves, the higher self internally. So, the, so what I've been doing is crossbreeding mantra and English words. So as an example, I'll read a little bit of the lyrics. Look and let go, keep it simple. Give up your eyes and see with hollowed vision. Drop your small bowl of water and walk into the ocean. No need to fix your tired wings. Go and fly with the mighty eagle. Forget everything you think you know. Feel the essence of your divine soul. So, um, like in a nutshell, I guess, for me, it's a reflection of um, surrender, definite surrender. But I think each song has its own playfulness with a, a deeper concept, whether it has to do with forgiveness, or it has to do with peace, or grievances, or stillness or really, really developing a skill to become a spiritual warrior, so to speak. And with sound, it, it's like a perfect union because I really do feel that music and sound is a healer. So you add words that are deep and sweet and inspiring and it feels like these words are coming from a place in me that I have no, I, I, I don't feel like I'm writing them. Something else is writing it, and I just move aside. You know, I could sit in the quiet for a little while, and then it will come. But I'm not trying to do anything anymore. I'm not trying to write a great song. I'm not trying to be a great person. I'm not trying anything. I'm just allowing. And that's what's coming out from just allowing through language and sound. And what I love about mantra is when you sing mantra, well, I'm a Westerner, so I don't have any background on growing up in a temple or growing up in an ashram or anything, but these sounds resonate and they have a specific reasoning. Like, think about sound as a word. If you say a mean word to someone, like you're you're a jerk. That creates a sound and it's almost like an unhealing sound. It's separate, it's separate and it's damning and it's violent so much. But if you say I love you, it if you even say I love you, you could feel practically all the cells in your body go ah, you know, it they open up, everything gets larger, everything gets bigger and, and more spacious. And so I think with all these mantras that these sages and yogis and saints have been chanting for all this time, there's something to it. And I know there's something to it for me personally, but it definitely gets you there into the heart center. Sanskrit and Gurmukhi languages are called vibratory, vibrational languages. And the, the way that they are sounded, sometimes your tongue will hit certain points of the roof of your mouth so it's like if it's like ram ram so there's all this vibration happening in your mouth and your tongue's hitting certain points and it, it's actually engaging your your brain and i have um i have this little thing that i'd like to say is that 
uh, chant resonates and purifies the subtle channels of energy connecting us to the formless and the timeless realm. When we chant, we stimulate 84 reflex points in the mouth, awakening dormant parts of the brain and circulates energy through the body. And I just, you know, so I learning these languages and learning, experimenting with my own sound in my mouth and actually feeling different in my body. So it's a great meditative experience. You just talked to us about a song from your last album, and mountains were somehow part of that project of the photo, perhaps, on the cover? Oh, that that's where the album title came from. But the album cover on this was taken by my friend Catherine Lassoigne. And that photograph, I had this vision of me sitting by the water, and I wanted my reflection to be in the water. And so she took me up to her pond, and I sat by the pond, and she started taking pictures, and I'm playing the harmonium. I'm sitting by the water playing Ruby, and I was really singing to her while she was shooting the pictures. And at one point in the photo shoot, all these bees started flying around me and I was running and oh my god so the the picture on the album of course it looks serene and awesome and the colors are just delicious the the tones of greens and like the teal and it's just it's a beautiful watery watery album and you explained to us that this particular album has more complexity yeah than the mountains one. Yeah, her mountains, that was like me getting my toe in the water with the harmonium. I was just getting my chops and I was just trying to figure out where where I'm going to land, you know, or where I need to begin to grow. And so that album, there was just drums, harmonium, piano, and voice. This album is... Rhodes piano, uh, organ, there's piano, piano, just classic. There's strings, there's uh, dulcimer sounds, there's sounds of wind and certain kinds of really cool percussive instruments. I'm also using two drum machines of beats that I have I had built from scratch. And I also just started to learn how to build bass lines so that there's a backbone to the song, because the bass really could allow that. The harmonies are a little more broad, and Eric, the man who mastered and mixed it, the engineer, I worked with him, and then I gave him free creative reign to, to do what he wanted to do with his imagination, with sound, and he's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant engineer and he records in a way that he actually is feeling he's feeling he's he's instinctually feeling you and when I work with him I feel like he's reading my mind so when we listened to the mixed version uh, maybe a couple weeks ago I was sitting in a chair and by his mixing board and I was just crying like for instance He'll take one song, it's called Shunyata, which means emptiness. And he took the beat in the middle of the song, which is sounds like a heartbeat. Mm, mm, 
and he he put a real sound of a human heartbeat in there and then he spaced out the because the lyric is the one lyric is it doesn't matter what you think you've done you could never change original innocence your purity shines from the moment you were born and then that's where the heartbeat expands boom, 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 boom. and then and then it drops back into the music forever guiltless from the mind of perfect emptiness and it's just so it, it's a, an expansive album it, it was just so amazing to work with somebody who gets gets you it's great to work with someone where you don't have to really communicate with language they just they feel it they feel it so I'm I'm just uh, feels like a blessing you know not an accident that you two came together I'm and sure. and so close Mount, Mount Cobb Windmill Agency Studios. Again, you've been using the language of frequency and vibration, mm -hmm. and it must be something on that level with you. Oh, Eric. yeah, it's totally beyond. It's it's almost it is who we truly are. We we didn't. It's almost like language is is a real barrier. It's um, it's not all that it's cracked up to be sometimes. And that's the beautiful thing about music. Like even if you listen to Chopin or Bach or something and there's no words there's no nothing it's just this feeling feeling and you can't put anything to it and that's what makes it they say you know music is like the closest thing to god you know it's the closest thing to love or joy or peace because it's formless now tell us about your instrument my instrument well my main instrument now besides the piano is the harmonium a friend of mine bought me a harmonium for a Christmas gift, and I didn't touch it. I was kind of afraid of it because it was real and it was Mayan. And so then I wrote my first song on it called Grievances. And what it means to me is I'm sitting on the floor with this little instrument, and it's uh, it's got bellows, it's got the reeds, it sounds like an accordion, so that that immediately brings me back to my my uncle who used to play the accordion when I was little and I thought it was like the coolest sound it was so odd and fanciful but the harmonium is cross like a crossbreed of an organ sound because it was very churchy and very you know but then the Indians took over the harmonium in their kirtan bands and their praises and so then it became this really cool instrument that you could just it's portable you know it doesn't need to plug in I love that but I love sitting with it and I named her Ruby my instrument and I feel like I have a relationship with her and when I play it it's much different than the piano I feel like I go somewhere else I feel like I kind of go into this in my mind I'm in a cave and there's fire and it's quiet and it's like something deep and earthy. It's got a real earthy sound to it. And it almost could sound a little annoying. Like, you know how bagpipes are very, they're very, uh, like a cry almost, like a, like, kind of off, but it's this powerful, vulnerable sound. But then the cool thing about a harmonium is if you make a chord on it and it's it's got these little knobs where you could actually make it sound really full and it sounds so harmonious so it actually sounds like you're in this big orchestra and you don't really you're not even doing much 
so you could, I could concentrate on singing and the other things that I need to be concentrating on. And with the bellows, there's a sense of breathing, isn't breathing, there? Breathing, yeah, so the instrument actually feels to me like it's uh, another being. Yeah, definitely. That's why you'd love us to join you so that we could hear the music live. Nothing more than live music, live interaction like that, that audience kind of union. Yeah, definitely. And just a, a, a celebration of people coming together and, and celebrating with me something that I just love so dearly to do. I love making music. I love singing and I love sharing it with the world. It feels like a real blessing in my life. Brenda Fernandez will perform live here at the WVIA studios next week on Wednesday, January 25th as part of the Homegrown Music Concert Series. Brenda Fernandez of Scranton is not only a singer-songwriter, she is a record producer, and she is someone who takes her music to places where healing can be effected, into hospital wards and places that are in need of music and the deep healing that she believes her music can offer. She will be here at the WVIA studios. It will be the first homegrown music concert in three years after the COVID pandemic shutdown. The concert begins at 8 o'clock, and it's free and open to the public. It's easy to get here. We're just off Interstate 81 and the Pennsylvania Turnpike, a mile from exits for each of those roads. And there's plenty of seating. It's comfortable. It's relaxed. And again, free and open to the public. And you are invited to celebrate with George Graham as he gets underway after three years. And he is so excited to welcome all of you and to welcome Brenda Fernandez and also the band Water Street as the second act. tune of Brenda's album Float Along and you can join us all here to celebrate the opening of the Homegrown Music Concerts after three years of COVID shutdowns here at the station and you can find out more on the WVIA website wvia.org and we'd love it if you'd let us know you're coming. And to do that, it's wvia.org slash events, wvia.org slash events. The concert is live here at the WVIA studios at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, January 25th. And for more information, wvia.org. And to let us know you're coming, wvia.org slash events. <laughs>